Welcome to Cybersecurity Business. I'm your host, Kevin Poucher, COO of KLogix. In our podcast, we interview CISOs and other security leaders to hear their advice on the business of information security. This podcast gives our listeners actionable takeaways to help them increase the effectiveness of their security program. Today, we're joined by Chris Holden, CISO at Crum Enforcer. In this episode, we'll be discussing the importance of security culture and awareness from Chris's perspective as a security leader with well over 10 years of experience in our field. Hey, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me. So I always like to give our, our listeners a little context uh, in terms of sort of who you are and how you got to the point where you are now CISO um, of a great company. So give us a real brief walkthrough uh, and just talk about how you got to the position where you are today. Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I found cybersecurity, the field of cybersecurity, uh, while I was in college uh, at my alma mater, Utica College. Uh, they were one of the first few schools to have a uh, cybersecurity degree. Uh, and there I focused on forensics and incident response uh, as, as, a, uh, as, a, as, a, as a minor. Um, after college, I, I uh, first started working in a forensics position for Hewlett Packard. And then from there, moved on to a series of consulting roles where I branched out uh, experience into outside of forensics, into, into uh, incident response, um, uh, penetration testing, program development, NIST gap assessments, et cetera. Uh, and then um, came internal to Crumman Forrester about three or four years ago as a manager uh, and, and, and uh, was promoted about a year ago to uh, the CISO role to lead the organization's uh, security efforts. So, I, you know, part of that, what you mentioned, you were a consultant for, uh, uh, for a time. Do you think that that helped you prepare for the position you're in today, uh, knowing that sort of you, you saw things from sort of an outsider's perspective? Was that helpful? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, uh, one of my, my biggest recommendations for, uh, for, for people, you know, young, young people coming up through the, uh, their career path in cybersecurity is always to spend some time in consulting. Um, the amount that you learn in such a short period of time, working for different clients, seeing different organizations, being exposed to different uh, facets of the of the industry, right? Um, that, that's really in, in such a short amount of time, I was able to, you know, sit by some of the best penetra- penetration testers uh, in the country, sit next to some of the best forensics and incident response people in the country, and learn from them and get exposed to those different areas. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely, uh, it was imperative in my growth, uh, and in my career trajectory. Definitely. All right. Great tip. So let's get on to the topic. So, uh, you often hear how important security awareness is, but when it comes to security culture, in your words, how would you define what a strong corporate security culture is? Yeah, definitely. So one, the, the, the first time I think I really realized that uh, we, we had cultivated a strong security culture uh, is, is, kind of, is when you start seeing where cybersecurity becomes an adversarial almost uh, department and where uh, or starts as adversarial and becomes a department people are proactive in, in engaging you. Um, so I always tell I was at an organization uh, and, and was introduced as the IRS not to be spoken to uh, a, a few years ago. Um, and, and I, I kind of laughed and I said, you know, it, it was kind of a reflection point of why does um, cybersecurity always have this connotation? You know, we're, we're 
truly the, we're, we're here we're here to help right mm-hmm. um so from there i, I you know it, it's always been an initiative of mine right to not be you know the quote-unquote irs the people to stay away from right it's it's the uh, the, the department to come to for help and how to secure the organization and how to make, um, you know, wh- whatever job function we're, we're, we're discussing at the time or application or system, how to make that more most secure that makes sense with the business. Um, so I, I would say, you know, the security culture or the strength of a security culture really shines when um, you move to to that 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 your, your employees and your stakeholders are proactive in engaging uh, your department. So company like yours has employees spread really nationally, right? Is it harder to foster the, this strong culture that you just referred to when the company is spread out? Um, like wh- where do you start? Yeah, definitely. So uh, this is actually perfect timing being uh, in September. Um, so one of the biggest things and one of the most uh, kind of monumental shifts I, I saw um, was a few years back, we took a big uh, approach to Cybersecurity Awareness Month, um, which, which happens uh, in October. Uh, and we really, we really fostered some really great relationships with our employee base that we typically don't get uh, a lot of interaction with. Um, so we, we have a series of projects and a series of um, uh, outreach that we perform that is available to all employees. Um, so it starts typically with like weekly blog posts and just and just consistent uh, interaction uh, via email or the company's internal website. Uh, it also dovetails into uh, when we were able to travel a lot more and it was a little bit, you know, might start some of that back up this year, uh, is going to some of our offices and, and hosting lunch and learns and hosting also events during, during lunchtime, setting up in common areas like the cafeteria or break rooms uh, and having different um, having different uh, events for the people, for, for our employees to go through, whether that's identifying phishing emails, whether that's answering security questions, showing how password, having a demonstration of password security and why it's, it's, it's uh, a requirement to have strong passwords and rotate strong pass and, and use strong passwords regularly. Um, so those, those types of interaction and outreach, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, I think really shed a lot of light on our department and, and what mm-hmm. our department was doing to help the company grow. Uh, and, and has really, you know, like I said, it was almost overnight once we saw the, once we started doing those engagements. Um, uh, another thing I would add to those engagements too that I've always, always you know, I, I get a lot of really great feedback on is having guest speakers come in. Uh, so the last couple of years we've had either um, current FBI agents from our local field office or retired FBI agents that have now written books and are doing speaking tours come in and provide context, right? Uh, you know, one of the most common things we hear in cybersecurity is, oh, well, that'll never happen to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so who, who better than, than some of the people that have worked the front lines uh, on some of these major cyber attacks to come in and explain, you know, how real this threat is? Uh, those, you know, those events always get a, a lot of interaction um, and, and always a lot of really great feedback. So bringing people like an FBI agent, is that what takes sort of the, 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 the disinterested employee that views this as a chore? Is that, is that sort of how to engage them? Because there's a percent of people that will buy in right away and try to do the right thing for, um, for the security culture and other people that think it's a chore. Is that how you get them to buy in or what else do you do? 
Yeah, definitely. So uh, that, that's one of the things. And I, I think that's one of the most useful things, right? Because right. not only is it, right, uh, and, you know, our standard awareness and our standard training that we're already doing on a yearly basis and when these new employees are hired, um, but it's all, it, it's a time, it's, it's entertaining, right? These, these, uh, these individuals come with really interesting stories of, of you know, either major, uh, major incidences that, that have made headlines and people are already either familiar with or, or, um, uh, or, or some of your, your one-off incidences that affect the everyday people mm. uh, in, their, in their personal lives as well. Um, so yeah, it, it, that, that definitely helps. Um, you know, and, and I would also add too, this is also in addition to our, like I mentioned, our, our you know, yearly trainings that we do uh, and also our fishing and awareness campaigns that we are consistently and regularly running throughout the year um, as well, that, that all of our employees every quarter will receive a phishing email um, and, and we're, uh, you know, testing and, and making sure that there are teachable moments if the user happens to click on those as well. So when you, uh, you clearly have a pretty comprehensive philosophy. So from your perspective, you know, wh what do you think the top challenges are in, uh, I guess, another way to put that is where do you think people fail when it comes to building a strong security awareness program? Yeah, the, the most obvious, I think, place people fail is learning, is, is having an inability to communicate effectively with the business. Right. Everybody, the best cybersecurity uh, professionals I know might be talk at way too technical of a level that doesn't justify to the business or doesn't explain explain the situation or the issues to the business in a way that they understand it. Mm -hmm. Right. When you have uh, people in HR, you have people in accounting, you have various business groups. Right. Their their primary goal is to do the best job at that position that they can. They're not cybersecurity experts, they should never be cybersecurity experts. Um, they need to be cyber aware and we need to help communicate how they can effectively be cyber aware in those positions. Um, so so it, it's imperative first and foremost that they understand that um, and, and they understand what's important to their job in being secure. The other aspect I would say that truly helps building a strong cyber awareness program is also hiring correctly for your cybersecurity uh, team. Um, cybersecurity, again, you're, you're hiring ambassadors for your, your company. Um, mm -hmm. we, you need to hire people that are passionate and like to talk about cybersecurity and are excited to talk about cybersecurity. Um, those those are really going to be you know the, the best drivers of that program. So when you hire people, right, you're at the top of the food chain in terms of of information security for your organization. So when you're looking to hire people and build a team, this is an ultra competitive market right now. Obviously, you know this supply and mm -hmm. demand. So do you sort of embed? your strong security culture in your value proposition to try and recruit people to come to your organization? Because I, I have to think that if I'm a prospective employee on your cyber team and I'm convinced that the company sort of buys into the program that you're helping to build, that has to be sort of fulfilling. Exactly, yes. And, and one, you know, one of the biggest things I hire on is based on 
not the notion that if I'm hiring a um, an EDR engineer, uh-huh. right, you're not going to be isolated in that box. My my goal in 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 hiring successfully is providing career development too. Um, you know, as you mentioned, this is a very very competitive market, mm-hmm. uh, especially right now in cybersecurity. Um, so we need to bring you know that that extra that that extra value to to in, entice the right individuals to come uh, and to get the right people to join our team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think uh, in, in cybersecurity, one of the things that I think really set uh, set apart from what I've seen, um, you know, the the really strong professionals is is um, the individuals that really are are interested in career trajectory, right? Uh, if if in our interviews. This, these people are asking about, well, what training are you providing and what opportunity is there to provide change in the environment? Um, th- those are, are often, I find, uh, the people that are truly passionate right, about cybersecurity and often help the most. So, you know, we, we obviously, uh, you know, try to, try to make it worthwhile as far as financially and stuff like that uh, for, for folks to join. Um, but I also think adding that that uh, career trajectory and having a, a definitive timeline of, of, of how to help them, uh, how to help these individuals advance their careers mm-hmm. is also imperative in getting the right talent. Right. So you'd mentioned that you've mentioned the, the business and the board a few times and other executives when it comes to education. Um, and, and you also mentioned understanding what sort of their specific job and how that correlates to security. Do you need a specific program for the other executives because they're such high value targets? Like, do you develop specific programs for specific departments or do you have one program for the majority of employees and a different program for the high value C-level executives? Talk about that if you could. Yeah, so everybody, there, there is a, a baseline uh, awareness program. Uh-huh. Uh, that all of our employees are um, that they they do go through. Um, all employees again are, are treated the same as far as phishing campaigns and awareness campaigns. We do also though run additional exercises um, uh, for our for for our executives. Um, and again, these are more potentially uh, really intimate training uh, on on very specific use cases as decision makers for the company. Um, so these oftentimes, right, we'll, we'll have a, another a guest speaker, a presentation come in. Um, it's they're very, very focused and tailored to uh-huh. helping these executives make decisions about the company in the most in a in a you know a cybersecurity focused way. Uh-huh. Uh, another thing that it also focuses on, we try to focus a little bit more on, is understanding that that they are a higher valued uh, target uh, for attackers. Um, and they do have right more um, public-facing presence of the company. Um, so helping them, you know, understand that, you know, cybersecurity does not end when you leave the office or log out for the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, are, it's it's crucial to take these steps home uh, and, and securing, you know, your family's, uh, your, you know, your family, your family cyber presence as well whether that's your personal Gmail accounts, your personal bank accounts, et cetera, um, because those are often used as well as ways in. Right. So, um, yeah. And then, and then lastly, too, one of the things that we've started doing more recently is focusing some of our uh, tabletop exercises and some of our 
um, our, our mock scenarios about breaches, including those at the, at the more executive level, because that also uh, provides scenarios for, uh, for the executives to test kind of how we would respond and what the potential um, visibility of a, of a breach would be. Uh, so that's another thing that we've been focusing on more recently as well. Okay. So I have an interesting synopsis I want your take on. So a couple of years ago, we interviewed a host of CISOs out at RSA. I think we interviewed maybe 30 to 40. One of the questions we asked about their security program as a whole is what aspects do they spend the most of the time on and what aspects do they spend the least of time on? What was interesting is about half the group cited security awareness and culture as an aspect that they spend the most time on. And yet about 50% of the people also said that's an aspect that they spend the least of time on. And I sort of left scratching my head wondering, well, could it be the case that the people who spend the least amount of time just have a better program that's well thought out and, and sort of runs itself? Or I, I guess I wanted your take on that. How did you, do you, you view this as something you spend a lot of time on or did you spend a lot of time upfront building a solid security program so you can sort of focus on other things? Yeah, so we, we I, I wouldn't say that we, you know, we, we're in the category that we spend most of our time uh, mm -hmm. on security and awareness. I, there was, um, uh, you know, early on, there was some initial setup, obviously, that went into it uh, and designing uh, a little bit of the program. Mm -hmm. um, but we often have it structured now in a way that uh, is very um, kind of, it, it's, it's repeatable and consistent but it's also we we change the content frequently enough to not make it boring and and uh expected so um you know I, and kind of going off of this theme as well uh you, you know i think there's been some recent uh chatter uh of cso's about how you know how effective are awareness campaigns in really driving a, a more thorough security culture and i think again that's somewhere you're seeing the the camp of cso's really split down the middle, um, the argument against awareness campaigns is that you're driving uh, you're, you're driving trust issues between the cybersecurity department and and the um, the, the program. And I think I, I I do not fall in that camp. I fall in the camp of um, you know awareness programs are necessary and good, but it comes with a major caveat that you must be using those programs to a drive awareness first of all and make mm -hmm. sure that your your employees understand why. Uh, again, it all goes back to having them understand why, uh, and then be using the the metrics that you're collecting from those awareness campaigns. Um, you know, a lot I've seen a lot of awareness campaigns uh, begin and end with "I want to know the click rate of my employees," and that's mm -hmm. it, right? But you need to go a, a layer deeper and be able to leverage. Um, okay, you're you're going you're never going to have a hundred percent success in awareness or a hundred percent success. In phishing campaigns, that's I, I, you know, for me, that's not the goal. My goal is to get that number low. Uh, I typically shoot for a four to seven percent click rate, uh, uh, which I think, which I found to be realistic over the years. Um, and then also identifying repeat offenders, right? Because now what happens is those become your higher risk uh, employees if they're consistently falling for the same exact thing. 
Um, I don't necessarily like the punishment methods that a lot of people use. Also, I've seen people try to impact bonuses or or have their manager speak to them or be reprimanded. Um, Obviously, there's some additional awareness that needs to go into this, uh, which you know, we provide as well. We'll provide additional opportunities for learning. Um, but also, you know, we've invested on the other end of that 50% where we're investing a lot of time in building tools uh, and stuff like that to kind of stay out of the way of the business right. as much as possible and building, you know, potentially some end user behavior analytics that are more specific and, and, and treating those as higher risk users. Um, maybe, right, we, we, uh, we have a little bit more scrutiny on what they have access to uh, or, or the times of day they can log in, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so, it's, so I, I, you know, it, it's a balance, definitely. So you mentioned click rate, you mentioned repeat offenders. Are those sort of two of the top metrics that you would use to gauge the success in the advancement of the program? Uh, actually, so another one we've been tracking recently is uh, we've built out a very uh, a comprehensive system for, or, or not a comprehensive system, but a e- e- easily uh, identifiable system for reporting malicious emails, mm-hmm. right? Because we, you know, we we deploy um, you know phishing protection filters and stuff like that, which again are not a hundred percent foolproof. Uh, that you know, they're not anytime soon will they be a hundred percent foolproof? You're you're going to receive uh, some malicious emails at some times. Uh, your awareness should focus on not just not clicking on those emails, but also getting the users to do the right thing and reporting those emails. Because if one user receives a phishing email, it's more than likely there's been a few others that have received either the exact same one or a similar email as well. Um, so, so my initiative is not just to say, hey, I've identified this and move on with your day, but to do the right thing is to report that email. So one of the metrics we've added recently uh, in addition to click rate and the repeat offenders, is also who's reporting consistently, mm-hmm. right? Because now that bubbles up. Not only who are the, uh, you're not identifying just who are the the bad actors or the the people that don't understand your awareness program, but you're also seeing, hey, this is how many people it's working for, right? And if you can if you can continually increase that number of people that are reporting and doing the the the, the intended uh, actions that you want your from your awareness campaign. Um, I, I think that's incredibly important to know as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and, and on the adverse of the punishment, right, you, you know, potentially can provide some incentive or rewards as well, uh, given, you know, depending upon who is frequently reporting mm-hmm. um, those, those, those phishing emails as well. Right. Okay. Last question. Everybody loves to know what's going to happen in the future, right? So looking forward, how do you think sort of the CISO role will transform in the next five well, 10 years is probably way too long. In the next five years, relative to what we're talking about, security awareness and the relevance of security culture, right? Do you think, do you see that changing at all? Do you see other people taking some of that burden on? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, 2021, um, the year we've had in cybersecurity so far, is going to be a major driver of this well into the future. Um, so so we're, we're, you know, we're, ha- we're more than halfway through probably one of the most active cybersecurity awares, I would argue, in history, uh-huh. um, you know, with all the major breaches. Uh, so, so one of the things, you know, I, I think awareness is becoming a bit easier, uh, if anything, um, but also requires extremely consistent and pointed communications. So 
uh, as an example, right, when, when some of these major breaches have occurred, like the Colonial Pipeline um, or, or JBS, um, the food processor, or, or some of the, you know, or the solar winds or uh, Microsoft Hafnium uh, vulnerabilities, right? These got a lot of press uh, and there was a lot of, you know, um, either misguided or, or misguided concerns around those. Um, so I think awareness, right? People are aware that cybersecurity is an issue. Right. Um, but it's it's helpful to get out in front of those 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 things and and kind of say hey, you know, uh, provide some context as it's relevant to your organization, uh, especially starting at your executives and then if needed working your way down. Um, the last thing you want is your executives reaching out to you with panic and concern about hey this is going to happen to us right. Um, mm -hmm. We we've made we've invested a lot of time a lot of resources. Uh, in building a robust cybersecurity program, um, be proud of that and use those uh, examples uh, of, of companies um, for, for, for showing, A, what progress you have made and what progress you still need to make as to why and how, um, you know, you can prevent and detect those, those similar situations in your organization. No, I like that attitude and approach. I was never a big fan of the sky is falling approach for information security. So, you know, it's it's nice to hear that from you. You know, as I mentioned to you earlier, we could probably talk about this topic all day, but I think we're about out of time. So, you know, Chris, always a pleasure. You know, thank you so much for uh, for joining and for giving us your insight. Um, I This sort of felt like a masterclass on security awareness and culture. So thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Um, Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, and, and sort of as always, uh, you can listen to this podcast in its entirety as well as others on our site, kologicsecurity.com forward slash podcast. Thanks, Chris, and, and thanks for everybody for tuning in. 